Hi, my name is Londe Yusuf. And my name is Reggie Williams. And we're the co-founders of Black Film Space. Black Film Space is a grassroots organization dedicated to enhancing the skill sets of black filmmakers and building a community of creatives. We host events such as screenwriting workshops, panels, mixers, and other events that are designed to support black content creators. In the next episode of the Black Film Space podcast, we interview Tanise Davia Johnson, an intimacy coordinator. Tanise has worked on Pose, Succession, and Mr. Robot. We talk with Tanise about the role of an intimacy coordinator, working with directors, consent on set, and much more. And now, on to our interview. All right, Tanise, thank you so much for joining us on the Black Film Space podcast. How are you today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Of How course. Doing? I'm doing good. I'm good, doing good, 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 good. I'm really excited to have you on today's episode. Can you actually explain to us what the role of an int- intimacy coordinator is on a TV or film set? The intimacy coordinator serves as an advocate for the production, the director, um, the story. And in addition to that, we're movement choreographers that help tell the story. And on top of that, we advocate for the actors because first and foremost, we are going to make sure that whatever our direct, whatever our artistic vision is, that we're asking people how they feel about the ask. So what exactly would be, would qualify as intimacy? Oh, that's that's a really great question. So typically we think of intimacy in terms of like, nudity or simulated sex. But we really like to expand that definition because if you look up the definition for intimacy, it's familiarity or closeness. So if we think about it, we really have some level of intimacy with everybody we are familiar with and close with in our lives. Um, In terms of being on set, anything that involves touching another person, we're gonna ask kissing any simulated acts will ask and then we also encourage producers directors and actors to invite us to sets when they feel like they could use support in terms of like let's say there's a domestic violence situation and there's a child in the room Hmm. intimacy coordinators do a really good job of holding space and for anyone that's ever been on set, things can move quite rapidly and then it's quite slow and then rapidly, right? (laughs) So it's really just important that there's someone dedicated to these moments of intimacy, someone that's trained in dealing with the sensitive subjects and able to communicate with all different types of people coming from all different situations. Um, I've realized doing this work that just the title intimacy coordinator makes people feel all sorts of different ways we're now in a workplace talking about some subjects that we might not have conversation with with our friends or family quite honestly and then to be on set and to have to work it out is is an interesting situation and that's where intimacy coordinators really come in handy they can help facilitate communication and help tease out the vision and get into the specifics 
so that we're able to move forward with specific asks and people feel empowered doing the work, not like they have to protect themselves. The idea is we want to set up a strong structure, like, like a jungle gym of sorts, and then you can play on it and you don't have to worry. Are you coaching actors as well to a degree? Well, uh, so I, I'd say we're movement choreographers and we help make the story better. So if, if something's not reading or if there's an element that needs to be put in the story, um, in terms of coaching, you know, that, that comes from the director. What we're able to do is talk about moments of intimacy because we have some experience and help facilitate conversation of feelings. Because, um, you know, there's a difference between like saying yes and still being nervous, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, that's And it's totally a process. Okay. Just like anything else. And, and, you know, that's why we encourage a director's meeting. You know, there's rehearsal. When someone tries to tell me there's no rehearsal, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> right right no i agree you just want cameras up you're gonna watch some really awkward individuals work some things out on their own and you know in those instances you can't give a lot of notes you just oof it's dangerous that's why we want to have clear concrete conversations going into there and then the other thing too is it's really hard to tell your boss you're not comfortable mm-hmm. Because you want to be liked, right? Yeah. Actors, actors are in a tough situation. They're themselves and they are representing their brand. They want to be easy to work with. So when you have right. an intimacy coordinator, you're able to tell them. And it's not a big deal. I'll say this. Most of the directors that I've worked with, are they want everyone to be safe and comfortable on set. Yeah. So they're willing to navigate situations. And, and the idea here is that we've got a creative team. If we can't work around something by moving a camera or changing body positions, then we should all probably do something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to say that when called to be creative and protect someone's safety, we, we can do both of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. Can you um, give us an example of your your process when you're on a set when it's a non-sexual type of scene? Like, what are you like? What are you saying to the actors? What well, are some well, challenges it, it, you might you might you might get. It, it depends. Um, um, as intimacy coordinators, we've had the opportunity, we've been called to set on days where there are, say, 45 children playing burn victims and deceased mm. characters. So just in that situation, it's um, <laughs> mindfulness techniques. On that day, th- they, were, they were playing games with the children but present and able to have eyes on them. We had three people on set that day because with that many people, that's that's kind of the ratio you need. The kids weren't in a high stress situation. They weren't on set long. And those are all the things that we're monitoring. And then, you know, the director will tell the children what they're doing. And then you're just there to help for any questions. 
So that situation is uh, different, but I'll say this, it's, it's like any other department head, right? Or like a stunt coordinator or what have you, you're going to jump in and whatever the problem is, you're going to represent your department to the best of your ability and advocate for the story. So how did you become qualified to do this? Um, I was, I met Alicia Rodas at a stunt hustle and we became friends. I started following her on Facebook and just one day I read all the articles on her website, Intimacy Directors International. And oof, I fell into a rabbit hole, like remembering situations I had been in, instances that have happened to me that you kind of forget to keep going and you start unpacking and looking. I personally looked at my history with, with new vision. I didn't know that you could say no. <laughs> I'm sorry, you didn't, didn't know you could know say that. what? No. Oh, okay. That I didn't, there was such a fear of like wanting to be accepted and like wanting to win and be a part of things that the idea of advocating for oneself within that space, that that was never an option. In, in my history, it was you did the job and then you did, you as an actor were responsible for putting yourself back together or whatever work you needed outside of the workspace. Mm. Okay. And so that journey was like challenging to look at things I don't know. You thought you were doing the right thing and you're like, no, you did the wrong thing. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't have control over all the people, right. I had interactions with, but I have control over myself. And like, I went on a journey to like, forgive myself. Um, yeah. And then from there, I just took a lot of hope from the articles learning that we could do it a different way that actors could have some agency in the room and we could we could do dangerous work and do all the work in the space. No actors would have homework outside of their regular self-care, you know, but no undue stress caused due to the work. Mm -hmm. And then I started following Alicia around for a, a long time. I never thought that I would get into it, quite honestly. I was just interested in it and watching how actors changed in the room once they were empowered with the, the, the gift of saying no and then the responsibility of receiving now. <laughs> and um, trained with them for about a year and a half, two years, something like that. And Claire Warden was also someone I worked with. Um, and the next thing we knew, um, Alicia Rodas was working on season two of The Dukes on HBO. Mm -hmm. And just like that, like wildfire, film companies wanted intimacy coordinators on set and there weren't a lot of people that were doing the training and next thing I knew she was like you know <laughs> we, we need you I was like oh okay this is interesting right because I'm a stunt performer and I've worked really hard to oof, to get to where I was in my industry so what what year did int intimacy coordinators um, start getting hired uh, on a consistent basis? So I want to say 2017 was the first year they were ever around. The Deuce did that work. And that team, everyone was invested from 
production to writers, directors, everyone was all in. They did a really great job. And because of the bar that they set, everyone wanted one after. So I want to say 2018 and, is when it really started hitting. And prior to this, the last 120 years of cinema, what was <laughs> what was going on? What was the process? Uh, I laugh, but it's not funny. Um, yeah. It's not funny at all. Who, who knows? It depends on who was in the room. Mm. Who was the loudest voice? Who was most powerful? I, I'm not sure. I don't want to speak on it. Yeah. But I do know that every set I approach, every person, I, I'm moving with non-judgment and grace, realizing that we are all somewhere on the spectrum of healing and trauma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to be kind to one another. Because we can, we can make art and keep each other safe. Oh, man, everything else is pretend on television, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you break down a script and prepare to do your job uh, yeah I, I'd say for the most part like um, production will call out some scenes they'll be like we want you to look at this scene or this scene and and then you know we read the script and we look for anything else any 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 moments of intimacy that might that require an ask um and then prepare the scenes appropriately that need nudity riders and simulated sex riders so it really just depends on what's on the page and then sometimes you're called into situations where there's there's special cases of maybe actors don't get along mm, i'm sure that's a common thing right yeah, yeah. Or, i wouldn't say that so much what's what's more common is they'll be like we want you to work on this scene and then you get there and you learn there's like i don't know years of history and trauma mm. that is oh, like unleashing no. in front of you and you're like oh okay well all right i'm gonna need more coffee and we're gonna have to slow down because the elements of safety <laughs> you have to slow down and communicate have and that's really hard in the film world have you ever had to like reel an actor in that maybe was having a meltdown due to their personal history of trauma with the scene? Absolutely, positively. Because um, not only do I work on film, but I work with students. And yeah, you know, feelings are involved. Holding space in that situation is not rare. I mean, it's not like a director's, you know, trained to handle these kinds of emotional responses. So it makes sense where your role would step in for sure. And 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 it's really based on the team, right? Because some directors are really good at that. Other other people have their other strengths. But I think when you have an intimacy coordinator around, you have options. And you Got have it. someone that's looking out for the emotional fitness in the room. You're like, what's happening here? While other people are setting up the next shot. Right. And it's been hard in the past. You know, Wardrobe's done a really great job holding space for performers, um, assistant directors. I'll hear a lot. Sometimes they're like, oh, the women producing, we'll have them have these conversations. So some people 
have been really stepping up in the absence of intimacy coordinators, but that's in addition to their jobs, right? And I often tell them like, yeah, this is a great instinct, but because you guys are in position of power, it, it really it really makes it challenging for anyone to say no, even with the way you have it set up. They're like, well, we asked. Right. I'm like, yeah, but you're in charge. What if they get renewed? Like they want to stay around. <laughs> Sure. Um, so can you talk about how you establish a relationship with the directors and actors once you get on set? Um, it, it really it really just depends. It's a lot of reading the room um, and based on the needs from the conversation with the actors, because before we get on set, intimacy coordinators are going to call and check in with the actor, go through the specifics of the text and what's being asked so, so you kind of have an idea going into the space but then it's just reading energy um checking in with people and uh, i don't i don't mean to make it sound like mystical or magical but it it feels Maybe that it way is. sometimes <laughs> yeah because because sometimes someone will tell you all the right answers but their responses are short. You're like, oh, okay, something's not right here, you know? Yeah, for sure, I do. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> because in the same sense, just because, just because there's an intimacy coordinator on set and what I tell all my colleagues is like, nobody's here for a master's degree in consent. We're making a film. We just happen to have this information. So it's a lot of processing for people, a lot of learning, a lot of education. And I know with any boundary work in my life, it's taken repetition. Got it. Um, right? <laughs> no, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's how you get good at something. That's how you master something. Um, yeah, and then you think you got it and it pops up somewhere else and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> um, what do you like about this job? I love, I love telling stories. I love finding creative ways to express what's on the page. And I love watching people be like, yeah, I don't know. But then through the process, really becoming empowered agents of creative storytelling. You watch people transform and then, you know, if you're lucky afterwards, it'll be like, that was dope. Thank you. <laughs> like, I didn't see how we would get there. So mm. I like being in the room. I like the storytelling. I like doing what, what, what might've at one point felt impossible. Like, do you think that this that. is very <laughs> instinctive? Uh, for me personally, I can say that everything I've done in my life has led me to this opportunity. Mm -hmm. I've been teaching. I've been fortunate enough to be, be around like devised theater works and basketball teams. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it does feel like an extension of myself and all my life's work. But it does take more than that, right? So I still have to study. I still have to empower myself especially now too, like if we talk about this anti-racism movement that's finally like coming to light, mm -hmm. I'm 
it's it's not good enough just to have a movement, right? We have to make sure that there's representation mm. and that intimacy coordinators are asking, am I the right one for the job before going into the space? So I'm still educating myself, making sure I got all my terminology right. Mm. And I'm up to speed so that I can advocate for all actors and all directors. That's like an impossible job. Mm. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by it. I'm like, ooh, let's just stay vigilant. Let's just keep asking questions. Let's not get complacent. And we might feel good, but who's missing from the room? Whose voice isn't being heard? Who isn't represented at the table? And I'll say it's really challenging because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be intimacy coordinator. I'm like, that's dope. Like, what do you know about acting? It's like, ugh. What do you know about directing? How about, how about choreography? I'm like, yeah, this is a lot of things. This is an active art. This is this is a movement dialogue of action and reaction. And it's a lot. And a lot of my colleagues, like they come from very eclectic backgrounds. Like I, I could just speak for myself. Like, you know, I played basketball in college. I have a master's degree in sociology and I have an MFA in acting. Um, you know, I work as a stunt performer, but I have a long history of teaching and being a theater artist. So when it comes to step into this role, it's like, I'm not trying to be seen. I'm not trying to be heard. I, I know what this role looks like. Oh, I was just trying to say like, and as we continue to talk about the training for this role, we're still trying, like, how do you write all those things down? It's not a checklist. Like, you can't go to four workshops and be like, all right, cool. <laughs> so there, there aren't workshops that exist to... There, there, there are. Yeah. And, and I would even say that the development of those workshops is still nuanced, nuanced yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, what? Because here's the other thing. I knew how to do my job, but then I'm... Then suddenly overnight, I'm a department head with a department of one on a film set. Mm -hmm. I didn't take that class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm glad I had some colleagues that were kind enough to help me. Can Can you elaborate more on on what skills are needed to be a good int intimacy coordinator? Yeah, I think you have to be self aware, aware of the ego so that you know when to let go and create space for other people. For me, I like to work as a collaborator versus an expert. Um, I feel that that allows a lot more space in the room for change. And that is the name of the game. You've gotta be flexible. You've gotta be cool, calm and collected you got to like people, people got to like you. <laughs> and you got to know how to build others up and be a part of something. Um, you don't have to be the loudest voice in the room. It's sometimes, I don't know, it's like, you can't see what's happening, but a lot of things are happening. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing too is, is great team players. Intimacy coordinators have a great responsibility so working in isolation is oof, it's death to all if you ask me mm -hmm. stale ideas etc we as intimacy coordinators need the support of one another 
and we need to be hearing other people's stories. We have a we have a large responsibility on our hands here, and to think, you know, we could do this on our own. I think that's what'll get people hurt. Yeah, that's that's a, a general rule of thumb for filmmaking, <laughs> right? And remember, there are others. Me, we. Yeah. So it's it seems as though um, intimacy coordinators have been been hired for for larger production Hollywood film and TV shows. Um, are they being hired for the the lower budget uh, independent yes. short films and, and features? Are you seeing that happen? Yes. You know, our movement is really being responsible and aware that we've got to educate, you know, the next generation. And they're asking for this work and the support on their sets as they go out and tell their stories. And, you know, it's really interesting to work with that generation because, you know, we catch them at a different moment. Like, we'll do more script consultation, right? And ask more questions. Like, why is this on the page? And, you know, really asking young creators to to think past these like i don't know these visual tropes we might be stuck in mm. and really ask them to explore what's on the page and then when you start when you start asking them questions they're like yeah i don't know okay okay well what is your intention here and then when they name that then you can make a strong choice not to say that their first choice wasn't the strongest but i think this consent movement it has to be across all facets of our industries, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to be in the writer's room. It's got to be in the director's, right? It's got to be with our, our first AD, second AD, down to our PAs. Yeah. That's how real change is going to come across. Yeah. So what, what are some, um, some areas where you think screenwriters can improve in regards to writing sex scenes well i don't know about the writing of it but i'm gonna say the stuff that excites me about working on intimate scenes um i personally am into like laughter silliness awkwardness <laughs> um, things that might be a little more human experience versus a judged up unachievable picturesque version of romance because I think intimacy is available to all and I don't know sometimes we gotta take that weird magazine glossy veil off of it I, mm -hmm. I want to see people connecting I want to see touch and response action reaction like really uh, having an effect on one another. Mm -hmm. Is is there a, a film or a TV show that you can point to and say this is this is you know um, what you're referring to right now? No, not specifically, mm -hmm. um, because I, I also say the challenge with that is prior to this movement, we don't know how those works were created. Got you. So that's always like pretty sticky right <laughs> you'd be like i love this scene and they're like i don't know how it was created got you so i had i had made a a, 
a film and um in the film there's a sex scene and i thought i was on the same page with the actors yeah um and i don't i don't know if it was i don't think it was the say that i don't think it was the day we were shooting but it was pretty close to the day we were shooting and one of the actors was like you know basically they didn't want it to be pornographic and in my mind it's which, not pornographic which is a broad there definition was, right there was yeah. A, yeah there was like i was i was a bit disappointed that it, the question that 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 question was being asked so soon to to shooting and cuz we had we had rehearsed we had discussions um i felt a bit bamboozled and i didn't really know what to do and um and then yeah. on set when we got to set it was just my producers were like kind of um in my perspective a bit obsessive about the amount of communication that i was having with the actors it was like did you check in with the actors check with the actors check with the actors and i think the actors are a little bit annoyed that i was checking in with them all the time so that was my experience trying to shoot a sex scene and it didn't really come out the way i intended it to but um yeah so i'm just curious to know what you you know what your thoughts are on on my experience (sighs) okay uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that you found yourself in that situation where you were uncomfortable. Um, and I probably want to echo, you probably weren't the only one that was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that it's challenging because stuff like your producers are saying about checking in are great, but you have other stuff to do on the day, Right. So it is important that someone's holding that space. I think it's challenging to ask that of the director on the day. Other challenging things. Or things that are helpful sometimes in the process. Shot by shot lists, right? Mm-hmm. Frame by frame. So people can see what it'll look like in the edit. Sometimes we use that as a tool to help convey our vision and and allow people some agency. Mm -hmm. And I've had hackers be like, yeah, I'm comfortable with these, but I'm not comfortable with these. Um, And and I'll say this again, it's (laughs) directors can ask, producers can ask, but the power dynamic is so real when it comes to acting you really need an advocate in that position because what'll happen is they're able to say like oh I feel good about this but like this part makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then you're able to navigate it's really hard when the director's asking an actor it's really hard they're gonna say yes no matter what they're feeling on the inside and then they're gonna go home and they're gonna write in their journal and it'll be hard and then they'll talk to their friends and they'll be all confused and then they'll come and talk to you and you'll be like where is this coming from but it was like a long journey to even get there right mm-hmm. so i really don't know what to say besides intimacy coordinators are the way to go mm-hmm. because then at least hopefully in that situation you're able to navigate a course that is able to tell the story and the actors feel empowered because, you know, 
I don't want this to be pornographic is a common statement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hear like, I want to make sure this isn't from a male gaze as a film perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And these are these are all things that I can't answer unless I have a storyboard. And then I'll be like, this is what this is what the director's thinking, right? This is the page we're on. Yeah. Is that helpful yes. or is that? Yes, thank okay. you. And I, I want to was... say, if you're bringing an intimacy coordinator on, bring them on early, prior casting, because you're gonna help. You gonna need help with that verbiage on the page. You want to make sure you start this journey with informed consent, and people have available outs on the way. Why? Because. If you don't want to do it, like, we don't want you here. No offense, right? We want everyone to be totally comfortable, but we want to be on the same page. And what we have found is if intimacy coordinators are involved from the beginning, people don't pull out on the day mm-hmm. because they've been a part of the process. Yeah. I was going to ask that, like, what can, what, what can a director do to ensure that they best utilize the intimacy coordinator. So you would say that they go over the script with them first and then bring them in. Well, the yeah, bring them in, bring them in early, bring them in early. Cause they're going to help you. Cause you're going to pull up two scenes and they're going to see three more things that they might want to talk about. They're, they're a valuable part of the creative process and listen to them. I know that's hard. Like, we have to be flexible in the situation and no one wants to tell anyone like, no, right? <laughs> but right. if there is resistance, like trust is not personal. It's not an, a personal attack. And then we're all working through a whole bunch of other stuff that we haven't had like the opportunity to discuss culturally. This Me Too movement was fast into these changes onto Hollywood sets and now things are even changing more during COVID quarantine, right? With the anti-racism and the accountability people are asking for. So I just say we need more conversations. We need more touches. We need to be more non-judgmental and more open to the possibility. Cause like, I know when I come with an, an open heart, an open space, I can be ready. But if I come with fixed expectations, or like mm, taking things personal, I, I, I'm not able to bend as much and I'm not as useful in the creative process. I'm probably like, you know, upset and mad somewhere and people are avoiding me. <laughs> Can you also talk about uh, any involvement in post-production? Do you look at like the final cut of a film to see if it reflects what was agreed upon on set? So, Intimacy coordinators do not personally do that, but that that um, nudity writer, simulated sex writer, that is like your legally binding document, that would be your guiding force in the editing room. Got it, got it, got it, got it, okay. Right, and, um, and then other things to be wary of, like things that are important to actors. Where, where is this video being kept? Who gets to see it? How is it being secured? Um, and when you, when you don't use the takes, like what, what does that look like? I also want to add that when you work with an intimacy coordinator, they are gonna help you with the modesty garments and intimacy barriers that are appropriate for the scene. Intimacy barriers are like, 
like stunt players wearing knee pads. Like it's just a part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helps people. And, and, and what I've found, you have a secure intimacy barrier attached to your person protecting you. And let's be real, like, like in the past, the way that some intimate scenes were performed, there's a possibility to transfer sexually transmitted diseases. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can think about it though, like, right? And no one's had a conversation about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, think it's a really serious conversation. Um, So I understand why actors are really scared. And that's why, and and sometimes directors and producers, right? Because nobody wants to hurt anybody. We just want to have films made and we want to have a good time. But it's important that we have advocates on set that are educated and informed and can help us. Even something like cold sores, right? Like that's an embarrassing thing for some people. Mm-hmm. But if you foster a safe space and an environment where a performer is able to say like, hey, I feel like I'm getting a cold sore. And you're like, okay, cool. We can work around this. We can use some masking techniques and or we can reschedule. Mm-hmm. But if there's an environment of fear, if actors feel like they're going to lose their job or they're going to be disrespected or people will be unkind to them, they're not going to say shit. Oh, excuse my French. It's all right. It's all right. You can curse. You know, they're they're gonna they're gonna die with their secret. Yeah, no. Um speaking of which, have you ever watched a film where you're like, okay, they really needed an intimacy coordinator for this scene? I'm going to say yes. I I I have great umbrage with same sex relationships with no intimacy, like no touch, no like kiss. Mm-hmm. I watched Homecoming season two. Mm-hmm. Yikes. They were talking about having a baby. I was like, y'all don't even like each other. Get out of here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having no baby. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so, things like that that don't make sense. Um, and I think. I think we need more diversity in, in our coupling and the storytelling and everything doesn't have to be penetration focused. Like, let's be real. Mm-hmm. That's true too. There's that a really great true. scene in, um, why can I not remember the name? It won awards. It was scary. Oh my gosh. I can't remember. But they, there's a great scene between a couple they're on a couch and they're having an intimate moment while their son's like playing outside but they don't take their clothes off (laughs) meaning like it's not a realistic lovemaking scene basically no it is it's it's based on touch it's just not nudity or penetration focus there are a lot of ways that people connect without without our traditional like oh she's on top and we don't see like it's just yeah. topless. Yeah, no, I was gonna say you generally see the woman being naked, and like you said, penetration is usually the focus. So yeah. Yeah, which is like if you think of like all the possibilities for touch and response, there are so many different communities and what the ways they like to connect. 
are, yeah. are you, uh, is your position that you are opposed to sex scenes with penetration or do you, not is at it all. that you want not, more not diversity in the way stories are being told? I just think that I would like us to think about the stories instead of like, like fancy, like magazine pictures we think are pretty. Like I want us to tell real stories that touch us and move us. Mm -hmm. And I do know that that those, that is a story and that is real. I'm not trying to take away from that at all. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that intimacy coordinators are not nudity police. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll find like during a, a meeting with the director, they'll get intimacy fatigue and they'll be like, no, nothing here. And I'll be like, but is there value in it? You know, I know it's hard to talk about. We're not going to tell you like cover up or don't do this scene. Not at all. But if you ask me what I think is missing, oof, I think we have a lot of things to explore as a culture. Yeah. In terms of connection and communicating and expressing our needs and our wants and what have you. In, in in the capacity in the context of film yeah stage. Can, can you elaborate more on that as far as like the needs and the wants well um huh, i guess i'll say this there have been instances where people in life like you don't want to tell your partner something because you anticipate how they'll respond and they'll get mad which i'm learning is a form of control when if you're going to be in communion with someone or connect with them, like sometimes you got to share some stuff that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm, I don't have the right to determine what your response is going to be. And, you know, for me in this consent movement, it's been like a lot of boundary work, a lot of self exploration and in terms of asking for what you want, um, I like to think of boundaries as asks mm -hmm. instead of a wall. Like I want to, I want to show you where the door is. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, which, which I don't know if it's interesting to other people. It's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And then even personally, like, like are, are we comfortable being messy? And like, when are we performing to be liked? And when are we like being real? I don't know. I like to keep my acting on the stage. It's like when I feel like I'm like tap dancing in other areas of my life, I have to be like, what's happening here? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be light or I don't know. But those are the things I think about. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about the way black people are uh, portrayed when it comes to romance and sex and and, and media? I feel like we have a lot of opportunity there for a lot of different stories to be heard. If we, I feel like it's challenging for the black community. We get like one work here and there, and then we want that one work to represent all the people. Yeah. And it gets a lot of backlash and a lot of pushback. Our, our experience is not monolithic, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that we need much more stories being told, much more diversity much more opportunity, much more money invested in our films. Mm -hmm. So I'm not satisfied. I feel like we haven't even, we just, we, we're just beginning, right? Yeah. We've, we've talked a lot about 
uh, director hiring, um, uh, intimacy coordinator, and how they can work together and, and that type of thing. What if a director cannot afford an intimacy coordinator? What what can you offer them right now? Well, I'm going to say this. Sometimes we can't always have what we want, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't have the budget for a car crash, I bet you I'm not getting a car crash. And I think that sometimes we have to work within the limits of what's, well, what we have budget to do. And I mean, that doesn't say mean you can't have one. You might have to work with someone that's like maybe just starting their training. Mm-hmm. And you may have to change your vision. You may have to tell the story a different way. These these intimate scenes are really hard. And I don't wanna I don't wanna discourage people from doing it, but I want you to have as much respect for the danger as as a car crash. Mm. Like, like it's that serious even something that you don't think's a big deal because at the end of the day there are so many people in that room i've I've, you've been on sets where you try to close the set it's like hurting cats and and the challenge is and i'll say this again if there's only one person that's consent and trauma informed and the rest of the crew is just trying to make a film we have to be super safe and it's been challenging and exciting to get these film crews now excited about a close set, get things so locked down so that it becomes part of second nature and that they want to be a part of that versus feeling like they can't do their jobs or move how they need. Mm-hmm. So I, I say look around for people that might be out there, try to get some of the training so that you can be consent informed in the decisions you're making as a production. Because these things, these this this power dynamic and this option of saying yes and no, they extend beyond intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. We have to think about like the, our PAs, how are we treating them? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it matters because it's that same culture that didn't care that got so many people hurt. And think of all that repair; it's a ripple effect. Did I answer the question? Yeah. I'm getting really excited. You guys are really dope. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Where can, where can people find intimacy coordinators? Definitely the internet. I will say I'm a part of intimacy directors and coordinators. Um, That's one organization. There's also TIE. Um, But honestly, like if you Google it, it will come up. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and it's challenging too, because like I'll say in New York, like there's like five of us, like they're not a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we're the only people. These are the, these are the people I know and I affiliate with. Yeah. And you're available for consultation if somebody wants to hire you to look over their script or just talk about the, you know, what they're working on yes i am interested in doing the work and teaching and empowering people yes and i also have people that i work with that that have these skill sets so yes these are these are things 
we as a community can aid with. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a really great discussion. I learned a lot today. I'm sure Reggie has as well. And this is a role that I'm definitely going to incorporate in my next project. Um, so, you know, before we wrap, just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for chatting with us today. Um, how can people get in touch for the consultation that you're offering? Um, I'm on, uh, what's the best way? I guess my email is tdeviajohnson at Yahoo. I'm on Instagram at tdeviaj. And I'm on Intimacy Directors and Coordinators website. You get my email, all that stuff from there. And you'll also see the other coordinators that are available in the different areas. Okay, awesome. dope, dope, dope. Um, well, thank you so much, Denise. This is really, again, really, really informative and helpful. I'm super glad to hear that. I can't see your faces. I'm smiling <laughs> ear to ear. I've really enjoyed this time with you. Likewise, yeah, we enjoyed likewise. chatting with you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really, really was. Thanks for listening to the Black Film Space podcast. This episode was co-executive produced by Gabrielle Charles and Sino Gibson and was edited by Marcus Rosendahl. If you're interested in being part of our community and attending events, please visit us at blackfilmspace.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Film Space. Subscribe to our email list and podcast. All right, see you soon.